He's the host with the most. And this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Good morning. Yes, indeed, it is the Saturday show. And indeed, it is me, Edward Hayden, with you and with you right through until 12 noon. And hopefully you're in a position to stay with me and us here on KCLR until then. Thank you so much to Natalie for easing us gently into the morning with lots of music and chat uh, along the way as well. Um, Lots coming up here on the Saturday show. So stay tuned to us. This is our first show of 2024 and uh, delighted, hopefully, to continue continue please God uh, right through 2024 as well the lovely Ashling is back with us this morning she took a little bit of a little sauce Um, she had a few weddings and a few fiestas uh, over the last couple of weeks but she's back looking resplendent this morning and uh, I can categorically tell you that uh, once Natalie leaves the building Ashling and I are now fully in charge so say your prayers is my uh, my message Shirley Lanigan will be coming up very shortly we're also going to be chatting all things weddings. So the Lyrath Estate Wedding Showcase is taking place on Sunday the 14th of January. So we're going to be chatting with uh, some of the team from Lyrath to hear how that's uh, taking shape and what we have planned for that. Uh, Don O'Neill, uh, Dr. Don O'Neill, who is Head of Department of Humanities in Southeast Technological University, is going to be joining us to tell us about some new springboard uh, courses that are coming our way as well with regard to plant-based food and restaurant management. So we look forward to chatting with him about that. In the second hour of the show, you may remember... Um, last year of course it was last year now Um, but towards the end of last year we spoke to Peter White who was a Kasala yoga uh, expert who specialised in Kundalini yoga and uh, we invited Peter back because if you remember on the day uh, Peter came in to talk about one thing but we we, we really had a million things that we could have spoken to him about so we're going to chat about Peter's story and indeed his journey and how um, he can help people through yoga as well and um, just uh, to end our show this morning we're going to chat with Kathleen Chad of course Kathleen Chad is well known from this parish Kathleen's two sons uh, were murdered by uh, their father and in 2023 Kathleen released a memoir called Everything telling the story of Owen and Rory she's a woman of great strength and tenacity and a really good friend um, to this show so we're delighted to welcome Kathleen on and I think you know sometimes uh, these sobering messages are, are good for the new year as well. Speaking of sobering messages you may remember I was in the hot seat yesterday for for Brian um, on Casey Laura Daily we spoke to Maram Sala who was uh, a student a master's student at Southeast Technological University's Carlo campus she's studying uh, digital marketing and analytics there and uh, she's from Gaza and she is running a GoFundMe to try and get her brother, who is the only member of her family or the only other member of her family with the passport, over to uh, to Carlo and indeed to Southeast Technological University. Um, so if you want to go on to our KCLR page, you can find on social media yesterday's interview and access details to a GoFundMe account that uh, Maram is running. But... Again, sobering, I'll use the word again uh, just to reflect um, on people's life stories and of course the the trauma and I think I said to you last week there seems to be a tsunami of traumas and tragedies and bad news 
coming at people and, and, and there's people in distress. So as we begin our first show of 2024, we do um, most sincerely think of them and bear them in our thoughts this morning. Now, moving onwards, 083 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Or, of course, you can telephone the lovely Ashling on 1800 90 96 96 if you uh, so desire. Today is the 6th of January. Those of you who are still looking at the Christmas decorations, if there's a pine uh, needle left on the tree, it'll be coming down, no doubt, today or tomorrow. Um, it's the Feast of the Epiphany in the liturgical calendar, the day where the wise men uh, travelled from a far uh, to come and see the newborn baby Jesus and brought with them um, uh, gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. It's also called Little Christmas and it was a day of great solemnity and celebration and it was also called Nolignamon. Now I know we spoke before on the show about Nolignamon and Nolignamon I think uh, is very much a very big celebration in uh, Cork and other parts and other pockets of the country. Let us know what you're doing um, as well. I was just listening there on the news. The newscaster was saying that traditionally it was a day when the men took over the work uh, from the women. Would I be very bold if I was to say that the men are now sharing the work all year long? Ashling is telling me I would be very bold to say that. But you're come here till I tell you, I'm very bold anyway. So uh, I'm just wondering that. Um, are we not all sharing the work now? Actually, do you know what? After the Christmas I have, I'd love someone to hand me. Actually, someone is handing me my dinner today. So I'm having a little, I'm having a little day out today, Ashling, um, afterwards. So that's allowed, I think. That's allowed, she's telling me. But um, yeah, I did an awful lot of work over Christmas and I don't see anyone kind of hoovering my house for me now or coming in to mop down the stairs. Anyway, that's a whole other uh, story as well. Uh, a text says, good morning, Edward. Shout out to the women all over. Together we are strong. Off to Tremor for a dip for women's aid. And that's from Jackie. Well, Jesus, Mary and Jackie. Uh, I don't know how you'd face it now on a morning like uh, on a morning like this. I was hard pushed to get out of the bed at eight o'clock this morning, uh, Jackie, to get into the shower. A hot shower, let it be said. Never mind get into uh, the cold sea. But fair play to you. And uh, we, we take the sentiment of your message most sincerely. Now, also, um, I must tell you that I was um, at the Watergate Theatre last night. I went to see the Watergate Productions version of Aladdin, uh, written by Mark Duffy. It was uh, presented by the theatre. It was absolutely superb. I took my three nephews, Mr. Eddie, Joey and Sean Bulger, um, for their Christmas present uh, this year, rather than getting something that they'd Cast aside 38 seconds later, I said that I would take them out for dinner last night. So we went in, we had a beautiful dinner uh, in the Italian Connection. And then we headed down to the Watergate, to the Panto, and it was absolutely super. And of course, now I can never escape a mention by the bold uh, Wishy and Washy, a.k.a. Sarah Brennan and Claire Henrique. So I got a mention. So the boys were delighted by that. But also uh, at the end of the show, the boys got a mention from Wishy and Washy uh, as well. So it was absolutely super. I know the tickets were as scarce as teeth in a hen. They're all gone for a long, long time. But uh, if you do have a ticket and it's still to come, it's on today and tomorrow and it's on all next week as well. It's absolutely super. So well done to all of the show under um, the direction of David Doyle. So well done to them all. Now, because it is um, the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of music and I'm going to give you the very traditional song. It's by Mario Lanza and here is We Three Kings of Orient Are. 
Caspar spoke. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising all men raising worship him God most high. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. One way or the other, we're all looking to be guided to that perfect light now. Uh, super. Let's take a little sus bioga rasherish. It can couple no maid. Fun and show. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Edward Hayden here with you on the Saturday show and you uh, are very welcome to the show good morning 083306 9696 is our ready.ie contact line or 1800 9696 uh, Edward I am cleaning the windows now it's not woman's day here so says Francis Murphy from Shank Hill in Paulstown well uh, Francis I give you full permission to take the day off and don't bother cleaning the windows at all today should be as bad tomorrow uh, even though you'd see it on a day like today wouldn't you when the sun is shining Shirley Lanigan you're not cleaning the windows I hope good morning to you <laughs> I can barely see out <laughs> <laughs> 
Other shocking. You shouldn't have reminded me now. There, you've, you've, you've just ruined the day on me. And me listening to Mario Lanza, the singing prince. And there you um, have it. Wasn't he fabulous? Day. It was amazing. I was brought up on him. Those, those sort of early colour films and he'd be bounding through some uh, makey up set of an Eastern European princedom or something. It was mad stuff. Yeah, but with the most dulcet tones for sure. Oh, the most beautiful voice. What a voice. What? And he died really young. Yeah, but you listen. Yeah. Um, that's oh. the way of the world, Shirley. <laughs> the way of the world. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm going to turn my back on the windows now. There you have it. Absolutely. Just focus fully, focus fully on the call. Come here till I tell you, Shirley, uh, before we get into the garden, um, uh, when you talk about you were brought up on Mario Lanza, was Nolignamon a thing in your house uh, growing up? Because it seems to be like... Um, regionally and geographically um, specific? No, I was Dublin. and um, Now, maybe it was big in some parts of Dublin, but I really never heard about it until I was, I'd say I was in my 20s. And older women, I sort of noticed older women at that stage deciding, do you know something, we're all heading out for a, 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 a dinner. So I, I, I never, it never put in or out on me, really. Um quite strange yeah it seemed to appear late and to a generation that I had no interest in at that time you know when you're sort of 18 and 19 you know anybody in their 30s is you know (laughs) 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 a fossil but exactly and that's me now I am not fossil yeah there you have it well listen uh, what did they say we all we all turn into our mother um Come here to say, but yeah, it is. But I, I, it was never big in our house at home. It was always we always would have known the feast of the Epiphany as the sixth. But um, uh, our the crib was always big in our house. So that was the day the wise men always came and got uh, positioned in 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 a place of great prominence in the crib. But uh, yeah, Nolignaman, let us know there uh, at home uh, if Nolignaman was big in your house. Um, anyway, Shirley, back to the garden. Uh, I presume we can kind of. Um, offer a stay of execution today for all the gardeners and give them a day off men, women and children No (laughs) No day off with Shirley no day off. Get out there now and do a bit. Um, I've, all I'm doing at the moment is just cleaning up extraordinary messes. Still leaves, still lifting leaves. But the great thing about it at the moment is every pile of mushy leaves that you pick up and put into the compost, you know, underneath there are lovely little things beginning to come out. The hellebores are beginning to flower. Mm. The snowdrops are flowering. And some of the, 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 the winter flowering shrubs are, 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 are already coming out. Just, there's so much lovely stuff to see out there. And if you don't have something lovely in your garden at this time of the year, I would say go to the garden centre and pick out something that's in full flower now. Because then all of the future Januarys you'll be able to look out and have something like maybe a flowering Edgeworthia most beautiful small shrub um it's called the japanese paper tree and it's flowering at the moment with sort of little the seeds the seeds start like you know those dyson cleaners where they're pointing out to you the strange um sort of conical uh shape of the, the extracting thing yes the flowers are sort of like that they start off fuzzy and that funny shape with all those little fingers coming out and then they turn depending on the variety, either gold or orange. And they're flowering on bare branches. There are no leaves. 
and there's a lovely scent off them. And if you've got a small garden with a sheltered corner, and Edgewardia is a really beautiful, special January flowering shrub. Um, they used to be very rare, but you go to the garden centres now and you see them fairly regularly. So that might be something that you might decide to um, put in your garden to make it gorgeous in January. I always think of your advice, uh, Shirley. You know, you always kind of say, you know, to maybe take note of what's in bloom when in different people's gardenings, gardens so that then you can kind of, you know, uh, bring that back to your own garden and have, you know, a, a bit of colour all year round, have some bit of a show all year round. Exactly. And if you don't know what it is, knock on the door and ask them. They'll be delighted to tell you because, you know, you're asking them to boast about something beautiful that they have. And if nobody answers, take a picture and bring that to either somebody who knows or to a garden centre and ask them, what is that? And then you can decide, yeah, that's what I want. I want that in my garden. You have all these apps now, don't you, to recognise plants, I think. There's an app where you can take a picture of it and it'll bring you up its uh, its bird search. Now, do, do you know something? I, 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 I really don't hold with that because I know loads of people who use it and more often than not, It'll give them a vague description. Sometimes it gets it right, <clears throat> but a lot of the time it gives them a vague description. So I, I would think if you can get a good picture of it and talk to, as I say, either a gardener that you know or um, somebody in the garden centre, you'll be put absolutely right. We've had a text from Rose and good morning to Rose. I know she's a very regular listener to the show, but Rose says, uh, Edward, I got a rose as a present um, in November. Um, can you please ask Shirley, when could I plant it outside? It's getting very tall at the moment. Oh, the poor thing. It shouldn't be inside. Roses are tough. They can put up with anything. You know, okay. The worst winter doesn't kill a rose. So <clears throat> get it out, get it into the garden. But the only thing is that one is going to be, it might get a bit of a shock going from central heating straight out to cold. So maybe... Uh, Plan on planting it out in a few weeks' time. But in the meantime, put it in the coolest place, like if you've got a really cool conservatory or a cold porch or a north-facing room with a window that, you know, doesn't get the, 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 the has no central heating. So into the coldest but brightest place you can put it at the moment. And then in a few weeks' time, plant it in the ground with a, a good deep hole, loads of manure, Roses, think for every one of those flowers, the amount of food that has to be um, pumped into that plant mm. to give it. So loads and loads of really good, well-manured ground. And, and then you won't have to worry about it. But the poor thing at the moment, I'd say it doesn't know what it's hit it. It's stuck inside um, and getting leggy by the sound of things. You know, it's growing at a time when it shouldn't really be doing much. So as I say, get it into the coldest room or a cold porch or a cold conservatory or a cold greenhouse even maybe. Okay, and then and then move it out. And the the size of the hole is really yeah. important for a rose, I recall, uh, Shirley, in terms of that you do need to make sure that it's large enough to kind of to fit all the manure. But you need to go down a bit as well, don't you? You do, you do. So I'm going to say possibly the plant is in like a three litre um, pot in and around that. Mm. Now, you want to dig a hole at least twice the width of that and twice the depth. Get out all the stones, get out all the rubbish. And then when you're mixing your soil back with the compost, you just leave enough to, 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 to plant the rose in on top of that. And always you'll see a sort of a join, an inch or two or two or three centimetres above the compost level in the pot. And don't plant that join below the soil. That must 
stay proud of the soil. So basically plant it at the same height in the ground that it is in the pot. Don't bury it too deeply. Another texture is feeling very energetic and wants to know, can they prune their apple trees now, um, Shirley? You can, you can, yeah. Get going. Okay, get them going. Uh, Bridget uh, from uh, Mullina Vegas, who uh, listens non-stop to Casey Law. She's very loyal to us, but particularly loyal uh, to the Sashda show. She's texting in to say, Edward, please wish Shirley a happy little Christmas. And that comes in from Bridget, as I said, in Mullina who's hanging out the washing. So she's not getting a, a day off either. Oh, happy, happy Christmas to Bridget as well. <laughs> How lovely. How lovely. Um, OK, Shirley, so there's a bit of work that we can be doing at the minute in the garden, um, even at this time of the year. And as we said last week, there's lots of things popping up. The snowdrops and the daffodils and things are, are coming into, into little uh, flower as well. I was just noticing um, as I was driving around Greg Namana the other day, there's a lot of hebes in good nick. You know those ones that have the lovely little purple brush type flower on them? Oh, hebe is a great plant and the bees adore it. And it's tough. It's, it'll stand wind. It'll stand salt wind. Uh, you know, they're the easiest thing in the world to take a cutting of. So if you know somebody who's got a beautiful hebe, you can get a few cuttings and in no time at all, you'll have a few small plants of it yourself. It's evergreen. There are so many different varieties. There are variegated ones. There are purple ones. Oh, yeah. There are ones with tiny flowers, with huge flowers. The purple one, the, the purple ones are, they really are stand out. They're lovely. And as I say, the bees adore them. Shirley, a couple of final questions. A couple of final questions in here. Our apple, our, our apple tree pruner is back on to us again uh, with a PS uh, wanting to know, can I spray apple trees with Jay's fluid and is now a good time to spray them? Oh, I, I wouldn't be spraying them with anything. <laughs> you could ask somebody who... Who, 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 orga, who, who advocates. Chemicals uh, on, on, on that, but I, I, I wouldn't be spraying anything with Jay's fluid. Mm. Think of all of the little critters trying to live in the in, in, in the trunk and live and rare and rare children and feed the children. <laughs> God bless you, certainly. <laughs> you wouldn't like to be sprayed with you wouldn't like to be sprayed with Jace Fluid. Neither would they. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Wise a wise counsel there for sure. Uh, Bernie wants to know, can I repot my hydrangea um now? So uh, I think this officially, Shirley, on the sixth of January reopens hydrangea season. Back into the world of hydrangea. Which will run right through onto the 6th of December. Yes, exactly. No, I, I, it's, it's dormant at the moment. I'd wait until, wait until a bit further into the spring. And to make life easier for yourself, if you've got a, a place in the garden, in the ground that you could plant it, plant it because it'll be a happier plant and you'll have a lot less work and a lot less watering to do if it's in the ground. So yes, you can you can pot it on really at any time, but I would wait until a bit further into the spring, as I say. And and also you can put it in the ground for an easier life. Okay. And finally, Shirley, just have a little look at your phone when I'm chatting here uh, because I've sent you a, a picture because um, a, a texter has texted in. It says, good morning, Edward. To the wonder of technology, is it possible to ask Shirley what this shrub is? It has a sort of a pink or a purple blossom. It looks fairly scrawny green shrub throughout the year, but came into its own uh, in or around Christmas Day. Um, what way should it be looked after, says a texture. And I'm looking at it here as well. 
the leaves are kind of camellia-like, are they? They're, they're, the leaves are evergreen. That I've, I've spoken to you about that shrub before. That's a Daphne Bolua. Oh, yes. And the reason I didn't mention it this morning was because I have mentioned it before. But it is really of the stars of January and February. And, and the listener is right. It looks quite nondescript for the rest of the year. It has an evergreen, sort of a cigar-shaped leathery leaf. And it's quite dull. But when it starts flowering, those flowers, every single one of them has the scent of about five lilies. It's so beautiful. I have one by my front door. And uh, I took a sucker from it years ago and planted it out the back. And they're, they're, they're both huge. So I can basically say they live in shade and also in sun because I've got one in sun, one in shade. They're not mad about the wind. So if you can keep it away from a, a windy spot, it will be happier. And because it smells so good at a time when everything else is so sleepy and so dormant, to have it near a back door or a window that you open or a front door or the front gate, anywhere where you're going to walk past regularly and get a smell of it. Now, you'll go to the garden centre and they'll probably throw their eyes to heaven because it's a hard plant to get hold of. So you could order one. Um, or if you have a friend who's got one, they might be able to dig up a sucker. It's sometimes suckers, and, and, and sometimes you can be lucky and get the suckers to, to take for you. But it's, it's, it's definitely a plant to put on your wish list, and if you can't get one now, keep your eye out for it. Daphne Bolua. Shirley, the clock is really Daphne rightly Bolua. against me, but a final text has come in that I just want to not ignore, and it says, Good morning, Edward. We have a rose over 30 years, and the last few years it's starting to die. It's a beautiful scent sentimental rose we cut it well back in November is there any hope for it so a bit of quick okay. rose advice Shirley uh, pile pile on like the guts of a bag of, of farmyard manure around that rose you've cut it back so there's nothing else you can do for the time being that manure will be dragged down by the worms and feed it and the chances are it'll come up nice and happy in the spring if you're worried about it long term Later in the year, sort of a mid-summer to late summer, as it's growing, but maybe not doing quite as fabulously as you want it to. But even if it is doing well, take a cutting once it's finished its, its midsummer flowering. And the cutting basically is the width and the length of a pencil. Think about that. Stick that in the ground and about in a year and a half, you should have a baby version of your plant. So even if it does do well this year, this could be like your insurance plant. If it's a special plant, you don't want it to die. And if something happens to the mother plant, you'll be very happy that you took a cutting and got a baby from it. How lovely. Farmyard manure all the way. Shirley, thank you so much. Uh, happy Nolignamon and Little Christmas and Epiphany and do the windows on Monday. Oh, okay. Slán, Shirley. <laughs> happy day, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Uh, the lovely Shirley Lanigan there. Let's take a break. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. KCLR. Casey Laura, indeed, you're very welcome back. Edward Hayden here with you and hopefully we find you in good form. Uh, we've had a couple of calls in um, asking motorists to take it very easy on the Kells Road in Kilkenny. It's quite slippery and cars are speeding along, says a caller. So 
just do take uh, note, I suppose we've had um, a fairly good stay of execution for the last couple of months with regard to the roads were in good nick, but this is the time of the year now, so mind yourselves is uh, is the message. We played Read Three Kings of Orient R by Mario Lanza earlier on and Anne has text. She said, my dad had speakers in all the bedrooms and as children, Mario Lanza was continually being played. What a lovely memory, Anne. And hopefully our version this morning of We Three Kings brought a little bit of warmth to your soul. Um, Good morning, Edward. I always celebrate little Christmas. I have my children coming out at two. I love your show and Happy New Year, says Kathleen. Well, I'm glad they're not coming between now and 12 o'clock, Kathleen, to be disturbing you. Um, as well. Um, uh, Magella in County Leash has uh, sent us a beautiful picture saying the men have arrived in Edward. Uh, tell your listeners to take the day uh, of Nolignamon. You have the whole year to clean the house. Uh, best wishes for 2024. And the men that she speaks of are uh, illuminated in the lovely picture and that are the three wise men and bringing with them gold frankincense uh, <laughs> and mirror. Another very bold texture saying, Edward, I can't believe it took the three lads 12 days to find the baby Jesus. And what was poor Mary to do uh, with the presents that they brought? Well, listen, you're yes, as bold as brass here uh, of a Saturday morning. Anyway, we're going to move to all things love and marriage because I'm delighted to be joined by Orla O'Keefe Sutton, who's the events manager at Lyrath Estate and also by Candice Beerpark, who uh, Bear Park, who is the wedding coordinator. Good morning to you, ladies. Morning, good Edward. Morning. How are you? I'm very good. Um, Orla, I'll start with yourself before I get into the specifics of of weddings with Candice. She's going to sell me the dream. She's telling me. Uh, but talk to me about life in Lyrath. How was the the festive season? To it was you? absolutely fabulous. Um, we actually ended up closing during the festive period, so we worked right up until the 18th. But it was a busy, busy period with a festive afternoon teas. Um, we had fabulous decorations throughout. We had nearly 12, 14 foot Christmas trees placed. I was in just before yeah. Christmas um, on one of the evenings for a glass of wine in the lobby and it looked absolutely it's amazing. Magical. Oh, come here till I tell magical. you now, I was ready. When I was going in, I was ready to find Santi to sit on his knee <laughs> to tell him what I wanted for Christmas. It looked amazing. Yeah. No, it's great. Even even down to the little details, we had a post box in the lobby for the children oh. to post their letters to. Near to, the fireplace. To, near the fireplace to the big man himself. Um, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful place at Christmas. Even now the decorations are still going are still up so when you walk in just to see it it's just it's it's wonderful it's it's a winter wonderland it certainly is and again of course the food offering is going from strength to strength between uh, Tupper's and the U and the grill yeah yeah the restaurants and the, and the bar they're so busy um, one of our chefs actually Ben he is up for an award a gold medal award this year so we should be, we'll be attending that award ceremony in January up in, up in Galway. Be shaking out the frocks. That's it, that's it. So yeah, look, it's coming from strength to strength. The food, the offering, the locally sourced ingredients. It's it's just, it's something that we're really, really proud of and we're working on continuously always to improve. Absolutely. And talk to me about that new, uh, the name of it escapes me now, the new little afternoon tea room with the fabulous wallpaper. The Lady Charlotte. The Lady Charlotte, yes, that's it. I knew yes. it was the lady, someone, but I said I better not uh, yeah. get it wrong. So the Lady Charlotte Tea Room, so it was named after Lady Charlotte, who was one of the residents, owners of the he- of the hotel. Um, and if you look at the wallpaper, it's actually inspired by her time that she spent in Burma. Um, so it's it's a fabulous room, even in the summer when the doors open onto the onto the terrace. It's it's fabulous. 
It certainly is absolutely beautiful. Well, Candice is also with us. Candice Bear Park. Uh, good morning, Candice. Good morning. How are you keeping? I'm good and yourself? I'm very good. Now, uh, we were just establishing during the break that's not a, a, a Lyrath estate accent. No, it's not. It is a Cape Townian accent from South Africa. How lovely. Yes. So the frost came as a shock to you this morning if it you were did. on the Kells Road. It did. I didn't plan my morning too well. I didn't consider that my car might have been frosted up this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, if you were in Greg Manor this morning, you'd have seen me dart out in the towel <laughs> out of the shower you'd have got the thrill of your life <laughs> um, now talk to me about weddings because the wedding showcase is taking place on Sunday the 14th of January from 1 till 5 at Lyrath what yes. will happen during that time um, Candice? So during that time we just allow for the couples to come view our estate and our offerings that we have for them. We also have the opportunity for the couples to book an appointment with us where we will chat through our different packages that we can offer and just see what their dreams and visions are and make that come a reality for them. And in terms of what you've got, it is a kind of an all under one roof. If people is, decided yes. to go kind of, um, you know, non-secular, you can you can have the ceremony at yes, Lyrath as well. So we offer different options for your civil ceremony. So we can range your civil ceremony from six gifts two guests to 300 guests if you'd like we have indoor options outdoor options so there's just everything for everyone how fantastic and in terms of the the venue you've got the two sides haven't you you've got the kind of the main house and then the kind of the big ballroom area as well there's a nice mixture between old and new at Lyrath Estates which we're very proud of so if you wanted to have your civil ceremony outside the old manor house red doors which were very well known those red doors and then we have a second option which is down in one of our McCurdy suites which is more of a newly renovated space Oh, lovely. Uh, just to interject, we have had, had a call from wedding celebrant Noel to say hi and best of luck to the ladies from Lyrath at the wedding fair. It's a stunning venue, uh, oh, says Noel. Um, also, come here till I tell you, um, Candace and Orla, I think, you know, lots of my friends and family members have planned weddings. And I think, you know, there's a couple of deal breakers, isn't there, with regard to weddings. Um, and notwithstanding the venue, because the venue selection is 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 an early is an early thing, but food and music is key, isn't it? Are those the the things that you're finding from your guests coming Absolutely. in? Absolutely. Um, like the venue is the well factor first of all of when course. you walk in, and but, tick. Uh, yeah, you've got yeah, that. Yeah, you got that. Um, the next thing is it is the food and the music. That's mm. what your guests will. It's remember. still the same, isn't it's it? Still yeah. the same. Still the same. It's what your guests will remember. It's what they'll talk about. Um, at the start when they walk in, yes, it is the tick box of the venue. But for the night, it's the food that they'll that they'll reminisce on. It'll be the dancing that they'll be getting up to the music. First up on the dance floor. First That's what you want to be. Yeah, and last leave. Oh, listen, well, that should never be me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they would be the two most important aspects, definitely. And talk to me, how do you uh, manage that then, Candice, in terms of when people come? You know, there's a lot of different types of, of options. So if a couple now, you know, got to the stage, finished the tyre kicking with you and have decided to go to you then, how do you kind of help them to decide on uh, a menu? I presume there's a lot of things around that uh, and, and budget being only one of them, you know? Yes. Yeah, so we're fortunate enough to be able to offer our guests a, a wedding menu tasting. So that would generally happen three months before their wedding. We have a sit down chat with the couple and we discuss what they're interested in. If they're looking more towards the fish options, if they are a plant-based couple, 
we just chat through all their different course, options yeah. um, and make them aware that we do cater to all needs and dietary requirements. And then they sit down, they have their menu tasting, they taste all the different courses. They can tell us what they liked, what they would like to improve on. And then we work from there and create their wedding menu for them. How lovely. And uh, again, I'd put a sweeping generalization maybe into your mouth. Is the fillet of beef and sea bass still kind of what people are looking for or what is the kind of the norm of what people are looking for? The beef will always be a very, yes. very popular option. I've had it in yeah, Lyrath yeah, at a wedding it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it speaks for it's itself. worth selection exactly, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we've, we've seen a trend where fish is definitely still very popular, mm. whether they go for the hake or the sea bass, it, it varies. But generally it is always a beef or a fish, a fish dish. Yeah, how lovely. The plant-based is interesting now, isn't it? I hadn't even yeah. thought of that because it is a, it is a, a, a growing trend for it sure. Is, it is, it yes. is. And then we also have a lot of um, celiacs because, of course, celiac disease is, is the Irish curse. Yeah. So um, you'd see a lot more celiacs becoming on nearly every single table there's mm. always at least one celiac the chefs don't mind them as much now no. as they did in the past no well look all our dishes in, in uh, all our sauces and soups in Lyrath they are gluten free so um, it's it, it's easy for us to cater for them absolutely fantastic well listen um, anything else happening then on the on the first uh, on the 14th from 1 to 5 Candice so we have a few vendors that are attending we have photographers hair and makeup we have cake suppliers we have everyone under the roof. We have a lady that her name is Neve, and she does your painting for you. And she tells a story about your story on how you met, get engaged. So we have her there if you want to have a chat to her, if that's something different you're looking for. Just something, if you're looking for that extra for your wedding, just to make it your own, there's someone that you can chat to on the day. And people can just rock up uh, or I presume you don't need to book in for this uh, no, ev- event. No, no. So we, we certainly w- uh, welcome walk-ins. If you do wish to meet with myself or Candice or Natasha or one of the sales team, we'd recommend making an, an, an appointment. appointment. Yeah. But walk-ins are more than welcome. We and you could come on the day, I presume, and then make an appointment Absolute, for another subsequent course. visit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we work most weekends for the next three months because it's our busiest period, of course. Um, but there'll be somebody on. We'll have plenty of staff on hand to show you around. And as Candice mentioned, and some suppliers we'd highly recommend coming in and chatting with the suppliers as well because they're absolutely fantastic we've worked with them for years Lovely well thank you so much for coming in this morning uh, ladies Orla O'Keefe Sutton Events Manager in Candice Beer Park uh, Wedding Coordinator thank you so much for for coming 14th of um, January 1 to 5 all roads lead to Lyrath for the lovers That's it Thank you so much let's take a break back after this This Saturday show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. Yes, good morning. You're very welcome back. If you've just joined us here on KCLR, you're very welcome. 083 306 9696 is our dinners ready. .ie contact line. Lots of texts coming in with regard to uh, Nolignamon. So we'll get to those in just a few moments. Let people letting us know the different types of uh, celebrations and festivities. We have uh, pictures of the wise men coming to celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany as well. So we'll get to those in the second hour of the show. We're going to be doing Kundalini Yoga in the second hour of the show. We're also going to be chatting with Kathleen Chad. And of course, Kathleen, as you know, is the mother of Owen and Rory, who were murdered in 2013. And she brought out her memoir, Everything, in May of last year. So we look forward, as always, to chatting with Kathleen. But maybe people are looking for a new course or some new education opportunities in the new year. Well, I'm delighted to be joined on the telephone line by Dr. Don O'Neill, who's Head of Department of Humanities in the School of Humanities at Southeast Technological University. John, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Edward. Great to be with you. Nice to talk to you for sure. Don, I was just uh, chatting. We got a perfect segue in our last slot. We were chatting with the wedding coordinating team from Lyrath Estate and we're talking about food offerings um, at weddings and we're saying one of the new offerings that they must prepare now is uh, for plant-based couples and plant-based guests. And that's one of the things you're going to be chatting about because there's a new suite of courses on offer at the Department of Humanities in Waterford. Maybe you might tell us about the courses that are coming on stream. Absolutely, Edward. And it is indeed a great segue and, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. It's a, a very exciting new programme we have uh, in Waterford Rocking just for the second year. It's, um, it's a certificate in plant-based cookery and sustainable practices which is available to uh, to everybody part-time. It's um, open on, as part of the Springboard Initiative and we're offering two programmes this, uh, this semester. Um, the plant-based, but also a diploma in restaurant management. So maybe I'll, I'll chat to you first if it's okay about the, the plant-based. Please do, yeah, because I, I, yeah. I suppose it's it's certainly a growing trend and, and, and it, uh, an option that people it, are looking towards more and more. It is indeed. It's a multi-billion uh, euro industry across the world and growing exponentially uh, everywhere at the moment. Uh, we can see it everywhere we go, you know, uh, in our supermarkets, an increasing range of, of plant-based foods available. But certainly in the in the restaurant and hospitality sector, it's a, it's a key area. And our programme, I think, fits very, very well into that and equips people with the skills uh, and competencies they need to, to work effectively in that industry. So what we offer, it's, uh, it's a one-year fully funded uh, Level 6 award. Uh, it's part-time learning uh, on campus in Waterford on a Monday and online a half day on a Tuesday. So it's a one and a half day uh, per week commitment. And it's ideally suited to people who are working already or have some experience in, in the food industry uh, and they'll come to us then for a day and a half uh, a week of, of learning um, working with really fantastic lecturers who are highly experienced on campus in Waterford um, the, the students who take us up will get a chance to mix with other students obviously uh, and um, really have experience higher education uh, in a very friendly and open kind of way working with people in a practical uh, and in a, in a state-of-the-art environment, our, our culinary arts programme is taught on the, um, in the Tourism Leisure Building in Waterford. Uh, and as you know, Edward, it's a wonderful building, um, really well equipped and uh, state-of-the-art facilities. For so sure. It's a super for opportunity sure. for people. For sure, with the wealth of offering. The other one then, of course, is the Diploma in Restaurant Management. And I, I, I think we're all cognizant, uh, maybe having been out over the festive season, that you know restaurants are crying out for, for staff. So this is a, a, an excellent opportunity and prudently timed for people maybe who are looking to uh, upskill in restaurant management training. Absolutely, Edward. Exactly. This is this is a perfect time of the year for people who may want to who have again experience in, in the sector, where you want to maybe move on, upskill, uh, get some management experience. This is a program that we offer again over two days. Uh, in this case, it's Mondays will be online and Tuesdays will be in, in College in Waterford. So it's a full day in College in Waterford uh, on a Tuesday, and this is a level seven uh, diploma. Um, and the students in this would, you know, study a variety of, of different modules, including digital marketing, uh, costing and budgeting, food, energy and sustainability. Uh, they look at wine studies, they look at a bit of HR, uh, beverage management. And there's also an industrial placement then in the third semester. So they spend two semesters with us on campus. In other words, starting this January, uh, that will complete in April. And then they come back to us in September and then run through until December. And then next January, they're doing industrial placement under uh, supervision from uh, colleagues in Waterford. And uh, that would be over a 12-week period uh, starting next January 25. So in all, the commitment is uh, a year and a half. 
but it is uh, timed ideally for those who work in industry that they would have uh, just a day and a half a week of commitment to us and then they could continue to work uh, as they are at the moment, you know, that would be uh, ideal, really, that they would continue to continue working. Absolutely. Well, listen, John, thanks for sharing that with us. People can check out setu.ie and uh, forward slash springboard for all of the details uh, on that. But um, certainly a wealth of opportunity there for, for people to engage with and uh, upskill and uh, retrain accordingly. Absolutely. That's super. Thanks very much, Edward. Thanks, for the John. Nice to talk yeah, to you and good yeah. wishes to all. Like good morning. Course. And all the best. Thanks, Edward. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, that's Bye-bye. Dr. Don O'Neill there, um, Head of Department of Humanities in SETU Washford. We're going to take a break and head over to the news at the top of the hour. The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. Now you're very welcome back. Lovely to have you with us here on the 6th of January, our first show of 2024. Hopefully we find you in good form. Couple of texts in here as well. I got a gorgeous picture of Anne Whitford. And uh, she said, this is Nolig Naman uh, in the Shebeen. And she's out in the Shebeen because there's great trashing to take place in Ross Dillage today as well. So good wishes to all involved in that for sure. Um, Old Kilkenny Review 2023, just published by the Kilkenny Archaeological Society, is an excellent read, Edward, says Anne. And um, thank you, Anne, for that. Um, Good morning. Oh, that's the tech lady who was celebrating um, Little Christmas. Hi, Edward. Any chance you could give our drama group a shout out? Sugarada uh, players, our production by the Bog of Cats, that's by Marina Carr. It's in St. Owen's Centre in Kilmagany from the 31st of January to the 3rd of February. And that's uh, from Bridget Haw. And thank you, Bridget, um, for that uh, super production, uh, super play, Marina Carr's by the Bog of Cats. There's layers and layers of theatricality in that. So uh, look forward to hearing more about that Bridget but thank you for the text the 31st of January to the 3rd of February is where you'll find Marina Carr's Bog of Cats by the Shrugawad I'll have to know you might text me in how to phonetically pronounce that because I'm sure I'm doing you a disservice Shrugawada Shrugawada I've decided it is Uh, I'm not 100% sure now I'd have to put in my real good teeth for that one but anyway uh, that is basically it now I'm delighted to be joined uh, in studio um, by uh, Peter we're going to come to Peter in just a moment and a little bit later on in the show we're also going to be joined by uh, Kathleen Chada and Kathleen is coming in Uh, just to give us uh, an update of how 2023 went for her. Healthy Habits on KCLR, sponsored by Natural Health Store Kilkenny. Stockists of new Nordic fat burner, an advanced herbal tablet supporting effective fat metabolism. Natural Health Store, feel good on the inside. Now, last November, Peter White came in to uh, visit with us and we invited Peter back to chat a little bit further because um, we didn't get the fullest amount of time the last time. And Peter is from... Uh, Kasala Yoga it could be a do that could be like Shurgawada now I could be after do that remind me again what it was Peter it's uh, Kalsa Kalsa Yoga good morning to you good morning Edward how are you going wonderful 
that's good um, now of course the new year of course brings us all this sense I was listening to the radio coming this morning and they were talking about you know not beating ourselves up too much and kind of making ourselves too many resolutions that we will perhaps then subsequently disappoint ourselves by unfulfilling um, but the new year gives us a chance to look back and look forward in general doesn't it? It does yeah especially around uh, you know Christmas and New Year you can reflect on the dark evenings you can reflect on you know the year gone by and then what you want to do for next year it's uh you know your your resolutions the, the new you mm, for sure for mm-hmm. sure and uh you spoke to us the last time about uh kundalini yoga in in particular which is what you were you were practicing just remind us how your yoga journey began or how you kind of found this this space peter so I found it, it would be 15 years ago now, and I found it because I was depressed, mm. um, depressed and anxious and an insomniac and struggling with addiction. And I think it was, I suppose, 16, I was diagnosed with depression and put on medication and was on that path for until I was 29, 30. And then when I hit 30, I was, you know, I kind of got to a stage where the medication, it worked to a point where I wasn't depressed. But I also wasn't happy mm. and I was having a side effect from the I was on lithium for 14 years. So my kidneys were starting to give me trouble. And so I kind of realized I had to look for alternatives. And I suppose it was the, the time when I was getting used to the Internet and I started to search for alternatives. And that's when I came across, I, was, I think it was a lady who was an article or a blog that she had wrote about her own journey and about how it had helped her with anxiety and depression. And so I... And Peter, could you kind of pinpoint at that time where your depression was coming from? Like, or what was your life like? Would you have, to the naked eye, would you have looked like someone that was depressed? Or when I was 16 or when I was 20? Yeah, when when you were diagnosed or or how it began for you? I used to... What was your life like? I I suppose when I was 10, I lived out of the country until I was 10 years of age. Life was wonderful out there. You were mm. running around the fields, you know, and the corn and not a bother on you. Sound of music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we moved into Kilkenny, into the city, and that was a big change for me. And I struggled to settle. Um, I was also the oldest of six. School um, move, I presume. Yes. Yeah, like I hurled in one parish, played soccer in another one, went to school in a different. So I never really found where I belonged. And also when I was, you know, 12, 11, 12, 13, I used to get in trouble a lot. Uh, so I learned to not speak. So I, I realised that, you know, don't be seen, don't be heard, which was grand. But then when you become a teenager, you don't express yourself. And that eventually then took its toll. I bottled everything up. And yeah, I like it was insomnia. I used to be a good student and that really took a tumble when I couldn't sleep. And, you know, I was worried about exams and stress. And I think it was the leaving cert. I was under a lot of pressure. A lot of it was put under by myself. You know, I, I wanted to do well. And eventually I just had a nervous breakdown and it just it came to a hit. I attempted suicide is what happened. That's, that was how it was. Like when I look back, it I didn't want to die. I just wanted it was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. It's what it was. Um, and that's when I, you know, went to the doctor and psychiatric unit for a few months. Um, and then, yeah, the medication, which helped level everything out. But yeah, it was the journey out of it sounds so trite, but um, the journey then from getting diagnosed. So there's like two, there's like three journeys, I think, going on, you know, then the kind of the, the medical intervention 
only will bring you so far, I think. This is it, yeah. Like, I also tried cognitive behaviour therapy, mm. which again helped to a point, but it didn't really. Um, and I and I found when I look back, you know, medication, you know, because I've, I've studied this in, in, since, you know, with different, I've been to different workshops um, with psychotherapists and psychiatrists over the years. And especially in the kind of holistic side of stuff. And they would say, you know, medication is really good for a short period of time, but then you need to deal with the real issues. You know, it'll medication for a lot of time, it'll deal with the symptom and not the cause. And there's actually a really good book called Lost Connections. It's written by Johan Harry, and he was a journalist. And he was, I suppose, similar to myself. He was depressed and put on medication for maybe two years. Then that stopped working. He would go on a different medication. And he went on a journey then to travel around the world to study different cultures and speak to different people about the real reasons for depression. And, you know, one of them it can be, it's that, um, you know, a chemical imbalance, which if you go to a doctor, that's what they'll tell you. You have a chemical imbalance. Here's the medication that you need. But there's many other issues. It's, you know, he had, I think it was seven or eight reasons. I'll try to remember now, but so, some of them is, um, you know, a loss of connection to nature, a loss of connection to meaningful work, a loss of connection to uh, like a happy future. And there's there's a few other ones as well now. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but mm. oh, um, not dealing with ch- childhood pain or trauma, or it doesn't have to be childhood. It could be anything from the past. So there's a you know there's many different because to process and revisit and go back and kind of name something. I think is I, I've been reading a little bit about it as well. It's it's really important. It is to, to figure out the cause of something. Is it's it's very important. So it's um yeah and that's I only learned that and Danny came across that book a couple of years he did it was a TED talk actually is what mm. it was and it was just very interesting because I was able to relate to a lot of it you know you'd sit down and you you know the eight different reasons you can it's because different for everyone mm. for some people they might have had a wonderful childhood and then perhaps you know in their twenties or thirties they lost a loved one and they never really dealt with that pain so then that can lead to depression you know there's so many you know, so many reasons. So then move us on. You were um, on the medication. Things were going grand for a while, but then yeah. the body maybe started to fight it again. Is that... This is it, you know, throughout my 20s, you know, I, I, I smoked a lot of cannabis really to deal with it, the anxiety mm. and the insomnia. You know, the medication stopped me. You know, when I was depressed, I used to just cry a lot. That's, that's what I did. I used mm. to go out the back into the shed where no one could see me and just cry. And just be in struggle to get up out of bed and things like that you know? were you fulfilling a normal life like in terms of I w- sports or my life twi- or recreation yeah throughout my friends. 20s I, I was you know I would go I would work throughout the day then the evening time it was either martial arts or it was going to the gym it was and then you know repeat that again and so it was it was functioning very much so but then like I say when I hit 28 29 it just it started to slip again the recession is what okay. is what kicked in um, and I was I worked in construction and I'd bought a house and next thing you know there's no money there there's no work mm. and you're like right I'm going to be homeless and you know the mind starts to kick in and brings you down a, a, a negative path let's say and you over I used to overthink a lot and so then that's when I started to search I thought I need to do something about this and I came across meditation and, and the Kundalini Yoga and I said right it was a, an article about you know if you you know, in the article, the woman said that she was to do two hours every morning. And so I thought, right, you know, I was waking up at five in the morning with a knot in my stomach anyway from anxiety, mm-hmm. worrying about work and stress and like that. 
So I just said, right, rather than lying in bed, trying to go back to sleep, I'll, I'll get up and I'll do this. And I'm wondering, did any part of you yourself resist that? Because I suppose the two images don't necessarily marry well, you know, the kind of the, the gym going construction worker with the... At that time, now, now uh, you know, I think it's more widely accepted. But at that time, I presume there was a kind of... Uh, uh, a, a big discrepancy uh, between the two. Sure, there is a big difference. You know, I used to build blocks every day. Yeah. You now I teach yoga. Yeah. Yes, there's a massive difference. Yeah, but even uh, even and... the practice of it before you started teaching it or engaging in it as a job, but you know, to to do that, did you yourself kind of think, oh, geez, I'm not going to do that, or do would? Well, I, no, I was quite open because I used to do martial arts and I used to have tight hips, and I learned that. I used to do a bit of hot yoga and okay. stuff like that so I wasn't too bad in that sense okay. you know, back in my early 20s I didn't believe in any of that nonsense you know yeah. it was, but then as you get a bit older you get a little wiser and oh, you go a little more open to different things but yeah it was no I didn't beca- again because I was so desperate let's say for a change and I needed to do something badly that it wasn't a thing and the physical side of the yoga wasn't a problem because I was fit it was trying to sit in silence and meditation and even things like chanting mantras, which would have been, were something that was completely alien to me. And I used to be doing it, I'd almost be whispering so yeah, that no one yeah, would hear yeah. me in the house. Whereas now you just don't care, you, you get used to something. But there was, it was very different to what I had ever done before, especially Kundalini is a little bit different than other types of mm, yoga mm. because there is meditation, there's breath work, there's mantras. And so, yeah, but like I say, once I started doing it, there was, there was no looking back. It, the changes that it made and it was very quick as well you know when I first started reading it it was it was it we used to talk about you know this is the yoga of awareness it's the yoga of consciousness it's the yoga of potential it's the yoga of change and all those things I was like oh that's what I want and it was very much so it's just like I say I was like I remember the after two it was in the third week so it was about maybe day 15 16 17 walking down the stairs smiling and for no other reason then the only the only difference I'd, ch- I'd made in my life was doing this practice mm. and I remember sitting there you know with a smile on my face eating breakfast and I was like okay there's something in this I think a week later then I had signed up for yoga training because you know I was told I was not going to be on medication for the rest of my life and here I was you know without medication you know and happier than I ever was and I knew that the only thing I, the only difference in my life was was that practice so I just said right if it can help me it can help someone else Moving onwards again, um, did you ever or do you now ever feel that, you know, it's 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 out there ready to revisit? Like, are you afraid the of depression. depression? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it. No, um, I think that day is gone because also on the journeys, you know, I've, I studied it intensively. I went and did level one training and then I spent a decade traveling. Tra- as mo- I, I would go training, I would come home, look for the next training, whether it was energy healing whether it was the yoga the next level whether it was working with a psychotherapist in london and studying addiction whether it was going to austria and studying mm-hmm. numerology with teachers there um i studied a lot with guru dev who was a i suppose he was a kundalini master and he was a healer as well so i de- and i've also on that journey i've dealt with the stuff from the past that caused the depression so i'm not ever going to i don't think i'll ever go back there okay. but i do continue to practice because of the benefits that it gives every day. Mm. You know, I found that not only did it heal the depression and the anxiety and, you know, insomnia and things like that, but life has become so much easier. It's just so much easier. It's like all the drama disappeared. All the luck started to come back. You know, I would, you know, it's more synchronicity. So you'd always meet the right person at the right time. 
it was, you know, I actually walked up Sleeve Naman yesterday and I remember the first time I walked up, it was 20 years ago, and I did it with my friend and I walked up and it was no problem to me. But my friend would stop every 10, 15 minutes and say, stop, I need to catch my breath. Back then, I used to go to the gym a lot, so I used to run on a treadmill. So that work that I was doing in the treadmill, the cardio, made walking up that mountain so much easier for me than I did my friend because he didn't exercise. Mm. So, and I just remember thinking, like, that's similar to what life is like now. With the yoga practice, it just has ma- it makes life so much easier. There's no drama, there's no stress, there's no anxiety, there's no worry, there's no fear. And that's that sense of peace that comes with that is it's you know, you can't buy it. It's um yeah, so I'll never stop doing it. Yeah. And also there's also the fact that what I do now is creating the old me, the the future me. You know, I the thought the prospect of going to an old folks home or assisted living or not being able to wipe my own bum at the age of 80 mm. <laughs> it fills me with dread yeah so i don't want that and i won't have that because you know, as long as i stay fit and flexible and keep practicing there's you know even the, a lot of the movements in yoga they would affect the nervous system you know they, they feed nutrients into the brain they there's a particular meditation that they've done clinical studies with that prevents anxi- uh, alzheimer's and memory loss you know so doing these things every day most days you know it's it it all these things contribute to the to the kind of old person that I'm going to be and I want to be you know running around the place <laughs> I don't want to be struggling getting get sitting up and standing yeah. you know all the, all these little things I I spent years in airports throughout my 30s you know sitting and pe- watching people and to see old people struggle and it wouldn't be that old maybe it's just someone who's 60 or 70 and you know they're struggling to get up out of a chair it's you know I, I don't want to be that person I'm going to talk about the teaching and the business side in just a second. The final thing I just wanted to know, just as you were chatting about all of this, because, you know, I can really hear the bona fides of your of your endeavour and it sounds fantastic. How does all of that feed in um, to the rest of your family and the relationships that that exist in your world, you know, in terms of their support of it, others buying into it? And and then maybe the benefits that it has for you in terms of how you can give to others. Yeah, well, I suppose what I remember when I was doing teacher training, the teacher said, know your audience. So don't talk about things that people have no interest in. Yeah. So they would say, just do your practice and be who you are. And if that resonates with people, they might and if they ask you about it, talk about it. You know, because when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, my God, this can help this person and this person. And I know this person is, you know, anxious. So if they were to practice it, but... It's like that thing you can, you know, if people aren't interested in it, they're not interested in it. So you can only be yourself. And if people need help, they'll come ask. And it's, you know, same with the with the yoga classes. It's just classes are there if people want them. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a very bad salesman in the sense that I don't care whether people come or not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Everything's a personal choice. Um, in regards to family and that, I'm sure that I'm, a, I'm a much calmer and happier person than, <laughs> than I used to be. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I don't sit down and ask them, you know, how do you feel yeah, about yeah. me doing this? It's, it's, it's They're on next week. <laughs> <laughs> They're here next week. Well, uh, so, so, yeah, in that kind of sense, it's, you know, it's, I don't really think about that. It's, uh, I'm just, I'm on, everyone's, we're all on our own path. Being. And, and that's what you need to do. You need to know, like, I just find that, do the yoga and be the, try to be the best version of myself. That's it, like, you know. Talk to me then about the teaching end of it then, you know, moving from practicing it yourself to kind of maybe, you know, facilitating it for others. How was that for you? I presume that 
needs the, a level of confidence. The first class I taught, I mean, I, I was a, there was a pool of sweat under me to, to sit there and to teach. Wasn't very relaxing. <laughs> no, not, not for me anyway. <laughs> and I suppose you, you, as you, the more you teach, the more you learn as well. You know, you, like in the beginning, I was very hard. It was like, right, this exercise is five minutes long. We're going to do it for five minutes long. I don't care if you're struggling or not. Whereas now you kind of, I suppose with other trainings that I've done, you learn to read the room a bit better maybe. Mm. And you'll kind of, you'll, you'll facilitate the, the class to the, to the people that are there. But no, in the beginning it was nerve wracking. Um, but then it just, be, because like I've, I was sitting down recently and I've, I've taught thousands of hours of classes now at this stage. Um, so it's, it's, very, it's very easy to go in and sit down and teach it. It's, uh, it's really enjoyable as well. Does it need to be... Um, so in terms of Kundalini Yoga, you know, we, we hear that the practice unlocks the potential for this self-healing from illness and disease. And I mean, your story is fantastic in terms of how that should help you. If I came... I'll use myself as an example. If I came as um, somebody who was in distress maybe the distress that you were in in the earlier you how does that work I presume you can only give me the yoga end of things and maybe my my needs might be multi-pronged how does that situation play out in terms of you know um not the much not so much the professional relationship but in terms of you protecting yourself from me well I'm suppose I'm very good now in, in the past I would have kind of absorbed a lot of stuff I'm, I'd be an empath so I can I feel what's going on so if I walk into a room full of depressed people I'll feel that whereas if I walk into a room full of happy people I'll feel that mm. but in like, if someone comes you know someone will, might sometimes when people ring me and they'll they'll want to book into a class or they might want to see me privately mm. and I'll first ask why you know what's going on and a lot of the time if it's you know anxiety and depression see me privately we can come and we can talk and we can have a little chat and be more personal but I would always suggest to people look just come to the class and if you want to come a little earlier and then or stay a little late we can have a little chat and I can give you stuff to practice at home I'm very much in the sense that I help people help themselves mm. and that's you know yeah that's that and that's it it's your path it's your challenge and I just give you the tools to help you with that and that's how I see it it's just these are tools for transformation and healing and it's up to you whether you use them or not know over I remember like years ago I was doing uh, a class just for people with depression and when I explained <laughs> what what I was doing and what you had to do only half of them came back the next week okay because it was like it's actually easier to take a tablet yeah. and to put that effort in it's just it didn't they weren't there whereas other other people will jump on it and they'll be like right I need this so much and then they will do it and that's the difference you know I've, it's one of the lessons I've learned is that you can't help everyone mm. but uh, you can give people the tools to help themselves and then it then it's their choice I told you the last time that you were here I think either on or off the air forget which that I had done Kundalini Yoga with my cousin Trish out yeah. in sun drenched Ibiza <laughs> and when I reflect on it now you know probably at the time I I won't say I was an unwilling participant but I didn't understand it you know uh, but all the people around me did including Krish but there was this sense of calm that it that it that it did bring now maybe my body didn't offer the flexibility that everyone else's so maybe then in itself you have that sense of inadequacy there can be that because you know I've uh, like 
years ago <laughs> like a friend of mine said oh, I need to lose some weight before I go to the gym mm. I'm like no no yeah. that's not the right way to think like it's you go to the gym to lose the weight yeah. and some people would be like that they, they would say oh I'm not flexible enough or I'm a bit overweight but it, it's not it's like it's not about that it's especially with Kundalini Yoga it's like you, at that depression class I did years ago I remember a woman she walked up and she came in and she was massively obese like she was the biggest woman who was ever come into the yoga class and I thought my god fair play to you and afterwards I was chatting with her and I said you know she said it was the hardest thing she ever did was to come to a yoga class being the weight that she was but she she embraced it and she said coming to that I, a year later I met her and she'd lost a few stone and when I chatted chatting to her she said you know the yoga helped her realize that you know she could go to them to boxer size and then by practicing also the yoga it yoga helps change her habits so she's just stopped buying rubbish and she said our, our eating habits changed mm. but she said that was just the initial catalyst start, yeah. that she needed and i thought me fair play to you when i see you know someone who's overweight in the gym i don't judge them i think like fair play like that per- it took that person more courage to come than anyone else but there is, you know, you don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be fit. You can be any age. I think my uncle was 72 when he started coming, <laughs> when he retired and he started coming to yoga. Mm. It's, you know, we do, most of the exercises are done with our eyes closed. So no one's looking at you to see, you know, what you're wearing and mm. how flexible you are or how big or small or thin or, you know, there isn't any of that. And most people that come to yoga, they are, they're not fit and flexible. You know, it's, there's media portrays this image of that people that come to yoga are all thin and they're all fit and they're all flexible because that's all they that's what that's what sells mm. but that's not the truth it's not the reality it was something that happened years ago um in the castle park myself my friend did a f- did a class for free and it was just to kind of promote yoga and afterwards the photographer came up and said okay i now need you to get the fit and good looking people together for a photo we, we thought he was messing he wasn't mm. he said look i can't sell this photo unless that's the case and we said right well there is no photo because it, it it gives off the wrong impression you know it's you know if you're 50 and you're overweight and unhappy and miserable come to yoga yeah <laughs> you know and you'll find like there's, di- there's so many different types of yoga out there like go do a course here then try another one and find what works for you talk to me about your courses then uh peter where can people find you or what when do you practice or, or what does it is, is it a week long or I have a new website so it took me a while to try and figure out how to, how to use it so I was up late last night um, but the webs the new timetable is updated and you'll find it on calsayoga.ie um, even if you type in Kundalini Yoga Kenny you, mm. you'll come across it but we're starting back on 15th to 16th um, and there's Tuesday night Wednesday night Thursday night Friday mornings so it's, it's all there you can check it out and book away if you want and the final question I have for you um I presume that teaching it and doing it for yourself from your point of view is very different. So I presume, do you still do a bit for yourself and then go and teach it at a different time? You can't conflate the two together. It was one of the things in the training. It was like, you know, you get up in the morning and you do your practice. Yeah. When you're teaching a class, the class is mainly you are there for the students. I I hold the space. I show the posture. I play the music, keep an eye on the time. And that's it. I'm not, you're not, it stays in the training. You're not to practice when, when, they, when they are, yeah. which I found very strange because all the other yoga classes I've been to, the teachers were almost, they'd show you the posture and they'd nearly be doing it with you. Yeah. Now, the, the, f- 
the early morning class that we do on a Saturday is different because it's just we're we're all practicing together. Mm. So I'm not teaching it. It's just like this is what we're doing, and away we go. We all do it together. But the classes are very different. It's I have to sit there and it's you know not participate. Let's mm. say so you have yours, John. So I, my, I, have, I do mine mine separately. So so yeah, and I also want to say that you know. If, the people with anxiety and depression can sometimes really struggle and motivate to come to a class. So if you go onto YouTube, this is how I actually learned. I, I, when I first came across the information, I would have had to drive to Nace to find a class 15 years ago, which was too far. So I just bought a book and I went onto YouTube. So if you go into YouTube and type in Kundalini Yoga class, you'll find there's so many there now at the moment. So you don't have to, and even if you're broke, you don't have to go and pay for a class. You can just go online and it's all there and just practice and you'll notice the difference it takes 30 hours 30 consecutive hours so if you do an hour a day or if you're like me really impatient you do two hours a day you'll notice the difference very quickly it's a very honest practice so if you do it you will notice a change it's i have over the years i have been to yoga festivals trainings and i'm not the only one that w that had depression or anxiety it's a huge amount of people especially with addiction and things like that that's how they found the practice people who had lost loved ones and were really struggling with grief that's how they found the practice and you all do just do it as i say do your practice and all is coming and uh Sounds fantastic. Um, Peter, thank you so much for, nice. for joining us again. Thank as I said, uh, we just want to, to let the time breathe a little bit more today okay. because the last Christ day... Uh, we Christmas rush. Yeah, there you have it. But um, thank you so much for right. coming in and people can check you out on Calcy Yoga, as we said. But um, wish you a very happy new year and good wishes to all those that practice thank uh, you, with you. Uh, we're going to take a little break. Healthy Habits on KCLR, sponsored by Natural Health Store Kilkenny. Stockists of new Nordic fat burner, an advanced herbal tablet supporting effective fat metabolism. Natural Health Store, feel good on the inside. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. How interesting was Peter White there from Kalsa Yoga? Um, yes, yeah, certainly lots of food for thought. Um, yeah, I was well impressed with him the last time he was in with us in November and equally impressed uh, today. So uh, check him out, Kalsa Yoga um, as well. Uh, interesting thoughts and interesting practice there with regard to Kundalini Yoga. Now, um, Nolik Naman, keep the text coming in to us 9696 We have a text here. Edward, I forgot to say that Roisin Murphy and Gary Corcoran got engaged Christmas Day. Would you say a big shout out to them from their mam, dad and sisters and all at 20 High Street? Um, and I'm certainly happy to join uh, with um, mam, dad, sisters and all at 20 High Street with those good wishes. I was at the pantomime last night in uh, Kilkenny at Aladdin and I was looking out for Roisin on the stage because she normally illuminates it with um, dancing and smile and wonderful theatricality. So um, good wishes to Roisin and Gary. Actually, I met Gary's mom and dad in dunce stores before Christmas as well. So you meet everybody uh, when you're out and about. Now, uh, we are having our New Year's show looking, uh, looking at the new year, looking at the year that is and year that was and delighted to be joined by a great friend of the show, uh, Kathleen Chad. Uh, Kathleen, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward, and a happy new year. Many happy returns to you, Kathleen. I was asking you there during the ad break what kind of a, a Christmas. It's the standard, it's the standard question, isn't it? 
wasn't it? I was back to work last week. How was your How Christmas? Was Christmas? <laughs> How was your Christmas? What did you do for Christmas? Yes, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was a nice, a nice quiet Christmas, uh, really. I, I was uh, with my mum and at my sister's in Port Leach and lots of family catch-ups. So, yes. Uh, Kevin and Trina's on, on, um, on St. Stephen's Day and then we all got together on the... Uh, Wednesday after Christmas which was nice at my mum's house so that was that was lovely good. Yeah. so you only had to do the wash up then Kathleen you didn't have to do any of the uh, cooking I don't think I even had to do that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> how bad exactly now that I think about it yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. my job is to bring the wine okay the whatsapp now group yeah. is probably talking about yeah. you know <laughs> that's why Rip did nothing <laughs> only sit and it. it and drank for Christmas <laughs> well my excuse now is that I'm, I'm in an apartment so I don't have the space to host these big families family occasions so yes, somebody yeah. else's job now yes yeah because uh, yeah. of course you're in the big smoke I am I moved up to Dublin yeah how's that going for you Kathleen I mean from you know we were chatting actually Peter the last time was talking about moving <laughs> from the country to Kilkenny City <laughs> yeah. at 10 years of age and how not settling in I mean yeah. to move from their country to the big to capital big smoke. the big smoke how, uh, how did that go for you it was it, to be honest it was it was good. It was a good move for me. Now that's I suppose the best way of putting it. I do miss it. Ballinkillen will always be home, yes. and I'll always have a connection there at the moment. My mom's there, but you know, two of my brothers and their families are still living there. So I, you know, it's always going to be yes. home. Um, my post can still go there, kind of thing. So uh, and that made it easier. Um, I moved into Dublin um, Island Bridge actually to begin with I was renting there for a while for a little over a year and I realised that actually I don't need to be in the city I, that mm. does nothing for me um, so I bought an apartment in uh, I'm out in Newcastle now so I'm on this side of the city which is great it's an hour down to my mum okay. um, and down to Ballinkillen so I kind of always felt if I'm if I'm within about the hour's drive I'm not too far because an hour now is only a spin that's it that's it um, I mean when I moved up I was working uh, between Swords and, and Klonski, but mm. I've, I've started working um, in, uh, I'll give it a shout out, First IVF in Clane yeah. um, about uh, six months ago. And I, uh, so it's 20 minutes in the right direction. Mm. Um, and I suppose I've spent the last, God knows how many years commuting up to Dublin from, from Ballinkillen. And you're talking, you're talking between one and a half to two and a half hours one way at times mm. um, so 20 minutes tw- I mean heaven. it's just heaven it really you can is. put out the hand so. in the morning <laughs> yeah pretty much and knock it yeah, off for another few minutes uh, which is great so, and how's the job going it's it's great actually. Um, I started back in in June. I got back into a sort of a, a clinical nursing role. Back into that, I had been in sort of management, I suppose, mm. and, and and that was great. And I do, I love it. It's it is my passion. Um, I got promoted in December to CEO, so uh, that's been quite the the big Boom. jump. And uh, so it's it's it's, you know what? It's it's a it's a small clinic in comparison to where I was and. It's quite bespoke and it's a small team, a really strong, really good team who care. Now I'm really plugging it, but who yeah, really but care allowed. about what they do, what they do. And it's so nice to be back and to be part of that. And, and I'm still doing the clinical side. 
So as I say, small team, which basically means I'm, you know, I'm I'm making decisions from a business perspective this morning and I'm seeing patients patient yeah. and seeing patients in the, you know, um, later in the day. So it's a, it's a good mix for me. It's such an interesting world because uh, and here, I suppose, on, on shows like this, you get you get conscious of where people are at and what people's problems are. Yeah. But I presume, you know, IVF, couples who go for IVF, you know, are going for for one reason. They're going to try and either start a family or perhaps extend yeah. their family. That's for one reason or another. It might be within their, their gift to do to do either. <coughs> I presume there's great joy yeah. in the ones that are unsuccessful. Yeah. But for those that are not successful, if, if that's the right yeah. word, it's probably another term on it. You know, they've they've put for all the world a lot of their eggs yeah. in a basket. It's a big financial undertaking. It's a big emotional undertaking. I hear it's it's very physically grueling. It, yeah. So to be there at the time of unsuccess yeah. must be difficult. It 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 is and and I know for for myself and and for all of the team you you're caught sometimes. You can literally go from so if you're doing obstetric scans where you're hoping somebody you know where where somebody is has has had a success or mm. after they've been had their treatment and and have had a pregnancy test. You could be literally going from giving somebody the best news in the world to your next appointment being the worst you know that you've just ruined somebody's entire world. Mm. Um if it's if you you know if it's a if it's not a success. So it, there's that ups and downs and the emotional side of it. And I had a conversation recently and I always said that for me personally when you've got a couple who have not been successful, turn around and say, thank you. You know, we know you did your best for us. You, we know you gave it your all alongside us um, and supported us. It hasn't worked out, but we, we can't look back with regrets. That to me is the ultimate when it comes to a fertility um, work clinic. Um, the, 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 the greatest compliment that you can get. You What's know? the advice for them, Kathleen, going home? Because I'm, I'm going yeah. to just take it as read that people who are successful, their journey, their journey goes on to be yeah. very happy and, yeah. and very fruitful. But albeit that they know that you've given it their best, what is their advice for those couples who are going back to their own sitting room and getting Netflix on and sitting on the couch, couch. And, and trying to think about it all? Yeah, It's not to try and fight that emotion. Um, so go, go with it. Allow yourself to be sad. Allow yourself to grieve reach out, reach out to because a lot of people um, do fertility treatment in isolation. They don't tell family and friends or mm. they might have told them about the first time. But, you know, because there's such an expectation, they've decided to keep it to themselves for, for the second or, or subsequent cycles. So it is about reaching out. And, and if that means professional help, go for it. Most fertility clinics, all fertility clinics will have access to a counsellor. And that I do think is, is worthwhile because you don't have to go through this on your own mm. and try and cope with it and deal with it. You then have to look for you. You know, the, 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 that's a huge question is what's going on in your life? What what are your options going forward? Does it mean, you know, do you look at something like adoption or, or fostering? Do you look at family mm. um, and maybe nieces and nephews? Um, you know, I know for me personally at this stage, it's my nieces and nephews yeah. that are, are, are what what kind of hold me and certainly brought me uh, mm. kept me going. So I know that 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 the benefit, if you like, of, of that. Um, but it's not to isolate yourself. Um, but it is hard. It's the, And the hardest thing for couples is often to stop treatment. Mm. It's often easier 
to keep going. And I always look and that's at grueling, isn't and, it? And it is. You know, I, I say there's, there's kind of the three things that I, I look at for, for, for t- from it. There's the physical, the emotional and the financial. You get through the physical. It's not nice. It's hard. But you'll get through it. And the same with the emotional. You'll get through the, the upheaval and the, and the ups and downs of it with the right support. And you'll get yourself through it. Financial is often what stops people mm. from carrying on. Um, now, there's other reasons as well. But when it's financial, that's so hard because it's, it's, it's like it's just not it's fair. It's a lottery. It's a lottery. Now, there is funding now. The of government course, announced yeah. it. So they're absolutely and, and, and certainly see your GP. Um, you know, that's the first step on that and, and move forward. But I've always said be be open. And one of the things you often hear when somebody has been successful is oh, we, we don't want to say anything until, you know, we want to make sure we've got the, the, the eight week or the 12 week scan yeah. before we'll even talk about it or, or want. But I'm like, no, enjoy it. If you get a positive pregnancy test, enjoy it, make the most of it and celebrate it. You can't control what's coming down the line. So be pregnant. But be pregnant and enjoy it. Kathleen, you mentioned about couples doing it in isolation. Um, Do you get many people and obviously observing the highest realms of of confidentiality, but do you get people people doing it in isolation? Uh, How does that work like? As a single person? Yeah, um, we would would have single women, absolutely. Um, and, And they'll come through with um, uh, a sperm donor a sperm is donor. it okay it would be sperm donation yeah so we don't have sperm um, uh, we don't we don't have our own sperm um, donation clinics here in, in Ireland we, we import sperm all mm. clinics do here in Ireland we're too small a, a, a pool mm. really of, of population um, so a lot of people will uh, um, will will opt for using a sperm donor from abroad um, and and yeah there's, it's it's quite quite the thing now it's as, as a single woman I, I think I've, I've possibly even talked about it before mm. you know it's something that I would have considered after the boys myself um, I made the decision not to I was Did you regret that decision um I don't regret it. It was mm. the right decision at the time. Absolutely. Um, so no, I don't regret it. But you're very happy in the job anyway. I am. Yes. That's can good. you tell? <laughs> I, I, just a little. Just a little. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. Um. The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. KCLR. Now you're very welcome back. Uh, text in here. Good morning, Edward. Please give a big shout out to the ladies in Gorn Golf Club who are celebrating Nolignamon today. We're hoping to get out and play a scramble at 1.30. Hopefully the course will be open uh, an inspection at 12 o'clock. We're still having a beautiful dinner served up to us ladies in the clubhouse and good luck to our new lady captain Lucy today. Uh, how lovely. What a lovely thing for people to get uh, to get together. Uh, Kathleen Chad uh, remains with us. Kathleen, just to conclude our conversation that we didn't even intend having, um, but it's interesting. And I, to me, my favourite part of my job here is when a conversation just goes completely different. I think it's fantastic because yeah. I think that's the most interesting radio. Yeah. Um, but if people want to get in contact with with oh, yeah. with the clinic, do we need a GP referral or can we go directly no. or no. even for advice and counsel? A- absolutely. No, you can come directly. So it's uh, First IVF Clinic 
in, in Clane. Um, so if you Google it, we're, we're working on our website at the moment, so it's not great, but we okay. will. But all the contact details are there. Yeah. So no, absolutely. You would contact um, uh, Rosemary or Hazel um, uh, if, if somebody wanted to have a chat. I'm more than happy to have a chat. Um, mm. You know, I suppose in my new role, there's, there's a little bit less time for that. Um, but I will always make the time. Um, mm. And quite a, the, the number of times that, you know, I get the would you mind talking to a friend or would you mind talking to would you maybe have a, a conversation with a, my sister or you know and, and family of my own friends of my own over the years I'm in my 50s now so you know over the and looking mighty on it this is sparkle you see today <laughs> yes, it's, it's coming from the jumper from up the jumper up um, but uh, so yeah it's I'm, I'm more than happy and, and sometimes that's all people need it's just to know where where to start and, and what direction to take so no absolutely call the clinic anytime and, and oh, ask for me there's no problem Kathleen just as we come up towards the end of the show we spoke to you on the last occasion that you were with us um, and in May of 2023 you released your memoir Everything yes. and we also had the the, the documentary that yeah. went out which was fantastically done I know we spoke at length about that and how yeah well handled and sensitively handled it was and and how visceral it was at yeah. the same time it, 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 it was excellent um, moving on from that book that book is now out it's on people's shelves yeah. people have read it they've revisited your journey you didn't yeah. need to revisit it because it's it, it's very much part of your DNA how do you feel now in 2024 the 6th of January how are you feeling about all of that gone yeah. in under the bridge it's uh, it was a full on year. Um, I was I mean, this time last year, I wasn't even thinking of writing a book. So it, it's been it's 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 been phenomenal. Um, I am really happy to have done it. It was uh, in fairness, it was Angela Doyle Stewart, a, a very good friend of, of Casey. Yes, Alor, yes, yeah, um, for sure. She's fabulous. Encouraged me and, um, uh, and and got me to to the point where I was, you know, working with Liam Hayes and, and, and being able to bring the book out. It, it means an awful lot to me. It, it is. It's it's my story. But more importantly, it's Owen and Rory's as well. And I, I'm hoping it puts a little bit of context on on me. I do a lot of talking. You know that. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, but it, this is this was, you know, this was all of that, I suppose, in, in one book. Um, so I am incredibly proud of it. Um, proud to have it, you know, out there and 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 available and on the shelves, as you say, um, uh, for people to read and 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 I'll talk about it. I'll answer questions. I've always been open. Mm. There's, I don't think there's anything to hide or there's a need to hide anything. So that's what it was about. And I wanted something tangible. I wanted something that my nieces and nephews, as they grow older, as they meet partners and families and friends, that they have something that they can go. You know what? that that's it that's a part and it's a chapter of our family life mm. um so you know and it, it'll be because it's forever. tentacles spread right yeah, out absolutely yeah absolutely so uh but i'm very very proud of it and um and, and delighted that 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 it's done but yeah it's funny last year was a big year it was 10 years mm. the 10 year anniversary last july and you know there's a de there's a definite shift after 10 years there just is whatever that is I don't know but and I've always said it's not about moving on but it is about moving forward and I've always in the 10 years I've had to move forward I have to keep moving forward um, but there was there was a shift I bring Owen and R Rory with me anywhere I am they're always inside of me um, my heart my head my whole body but um, you know I also need to live for me now 
as well. And and that's part of that. And, and that doesn't come easy. I mean, that's a whole show in itself Edward, mm, to talk about mm. that because, you know, it isn't easy. It isn't um, there's there's a lot of emotion that comes with that. There's a certain element of guilt that comes with that um, uh, because you do feel as though you're you're moving on. Um, but as I say, I will never leave them behind. So wherever I am in that they journey, come. they come with me. Um, and that's important. Um, so I'm excited for this year um for for lots of reasons and you know um the the new apartment the new job uh, a certain a certain i suppose part of my life if you like that that's that i now have to embrace and um you know there's there's i i've come out of of a fog of sorts that i didn't even know i was in um, you when know. you go home to your own community, have people stop? And, and this is said with gracious of respect. Have people stopped handling you with kind of kid gloves? Like, are they? Yeah. Did they have they removed the bit of cotton wool <laughs> around you? Uh, I think so. Although it's funny, it wasn't. It wasn't that I was ever um, sort of held in that. They, they ha- people help uh, the community of Ballinkillen have held me. There's no question, um, but they also let me be me. And that was important. And again, I think we've we've talked about this. It was important that I can still be me, that I wasn't sort of, you know, patted on the head or treated differently. Um, Now, there is there's there's just love. That's all I get that there's there's love that's there. And, you know, I still get the hugs and and the, you know, and and, and people inquiring and people care. It's so important, you know. Um, we've got the cycle coming up again. In uh, I'll get another plug in. Yeah, do we've got the the Ballinkillen, uh, or the the Blackstair cycling challenges now uh, is coming up again. We had it in September, but we're trying to bring it back to April, which was the original date. So it's again, it's going to be on the twenty first of April, um, this year. So, and I always say that in Ballinkillen, when you see the community coming together for the likes of that, it is incredible. The, the the and that is that that that's is what, what the is about and that's where you know I, I absolutely feel that, that Kathleen you're that. fantastic we think thank you're fantastic you. we <laughs> love you on this show on and off the show we love you so <laughs> thank, thank you, you as always for coming in and good wishes it's great to see you sparkling from the jumper up that's <laughs> all you. I have to say to you that's Kathleen Chadder we're going to leave it at that for today thanks to uh, our wonderful producer Ashling uh, MacDonald we'll be back with you again next Saturday morning please God but however you're spending the day enjoy it God bless